We are feeling good as we are all enjoying our garbage food and amazing drink this Super Bowl Sunday weekend. But before we talk about the big game, before we talk about everything that happened between the Chiefs and the Eagles, I have to get a lot of things off my chest because this past Thursday, we saw the NBA trade deadline come and go. And we all woke up to some crazy news. Kevin Durant heading over to Phoenix. But your, my, our Chicago Bulls stay Pats, and we're going to talk all about it. It is the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shavari throughout the show. I'm your host, Mike Mercado, here on the Sports Cubicle on WCPT 820 AM. Thank you for making us a part of your Super Bowl weekend. Marvelous, there are a lot of a lot of movement. You know, this being Super Bowl week, it was impressive that the NBA was able to really take the news cycle. And I think it's because the two-week draw last week was the real hype week. This week was just get to the game. But kudos to the NBA and the NBA tread deadline for really giving us something to to sink our teeth into. But it frustrating as a Bulls fan, and I'll get to why I think it's frustrating, not just because they didn't make a move for move's sake, but we still don't have any clear idea where this team sees themselves or where they're going. But let's talk NBA really fast. What did you think when you saw Kyrie Irving is now a Dallas Maverick? You have... Kevin Durant now heading to Phoenix. The NBA is kind of just another quick and amazing swing. All of a sudden, the power dynamic has changed. Your thoughts on what you saw at NBA trade deadline? Well, first of all, wasn't that halftime show by Rihanna amazing? <laughs> and, and now, and secondly, well, it's like a poker game. I mean, we're standing pat with the hand we have. I mean, there were rumors about all kinds of stuff, like Avin going to the Knicks, and, and there's still. Some some talk about Westbrook, you know, not being ending up with Utah. So, but it, you know, that may change in the next few hours, or maybe it changed and we didn't and we didn't know it yet. So, in any event, uh, standing pat, maybe that that means that they're happy with the hand they have. On the other hand, <laughs> uh, with free agency and salary caps and everything else, you'd think they would have made some move, but uh, you know, the, the, right now they're on the playoff cusp still. And um, perhaps they feel like they don't want to meddle with the with the formula, even though the formula is a little sub 500 right now. So there are some trades that fascinate me. Like what exactly is Dallas thinking with Kyrie? I mean, I understand Kyrie is a hell of a point guard when he's not, you know, acting crazy, but there is also the dynamic of you're developing Luca. You know, is how much of a distraction is that going to be? And we know the contract situation coming up with Kyrie. And I think with the KD move, really fascinates me is this is somebody who is going to end up on a team like that. You know, that Brooklyn thing was destined for failure, playing only 16 games together as, you know, the full big three. It, it's, I mean, that's going to go down in history. You talk about 30 for 30, like how that thing blew up. And I think it was just expedited by the pandemic. So, if you're looking at the power dynamic in the NBA right now, I guess the question com comes to if a healthy Golden State plays a healthy Phoenix, who wins? Like that, that here's the thing, right? Like I don't, if I'm a Western Conference team, I don't want to be a top seed having to play uh, the Golden State Warriors in an opening series. This is, this is again, shaping itself to be a very interesting Western Conference. And you still have, Memphis out there that you know for a long time people were thinking are the darling of the Western Conference now they become kind of the the black sheep they're the ones everybody wants to go they're the agitators 
of the Western Conference and some teams got buffed up. How about the Lakers not making a big move? You know, you talk about the Knicks were in on Zach Levine. That's some of the rumors. You would think the Lakers would be interested in somebody like a Zach to be the second on that team. But Russ is no longer a Laker. And I guess we could transition to the Bulls a little bit because, you know, the NBA in itself, it was just, it's the second greatest league in, in, in the United States for a reason. You know, it, it's amazing when it, it, you do see activity like this, how how engaging it becomes. But look at the Bulls side. 28 out of 30 NBA teams made a trade this season. The two that didn't, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are a pretty damn good team, and got Donovan Mitchell earlier on, and the Chicago Bulls. And we saw Artunas Konoshovas actually do a media round. And, you know, I, I want to say this, Marver, before I forget. You know, I was really high on AK and Mark Eversley. I am a little disappointed in the lack of communication to the fan base. You know, it was one thing expected from John Paxson where he was only going to talk to David Schuster on Christmas morning, right? But, you know, Theo Epstein and, and Jed Hoyer and what we saw with the Blackhawks, like these organizations that are transparent, that communicate, that have a relationship with the media and with the fan base goes a long way. And I feel like we haven't seen that with AK and Mark Eversley. And maybe it's just the way they're running the organization and who am I to tell them, right? But this is something that he said on Molly and Hall just this past week. We are active regardless if we made deals or not, but we just couldn't find any deals that were going to help us this season and going forward. That said, we believe that this current group is going to give us the best chance the next 28 games. Again, these 28 games, we are going to be evaluating the group. The next step is to make adjustments during the draft and free agency. Okay, so if if that's the case, why are you bringing in Russell Westbrook? Why are you in these conversations? Because what you need is a point guard to facilitate the offense, play defense, and your team needs to shoot three-pointers. <laughs> they don't shoot three-pointers. They lost that game to a depleted or a new-look Brooklyn Nets team because they decided to trade twos for threes. You don't win that in the NBA. Marvelous. Your thoughts when you hear that from the uh, executive vice president of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, it seems like one of our best three-point options, uh, the Sumno, maybe uh, Caruso. But the interesting thing is, if you recall, there was talk about DeRozan going to the Lakers when he came to the Bulls. And you know who the Lakers took instead? Westbrook. <laughs> so it would be interesting if they played together in Chicago. Um, and I don't know if that helps our three-point shooting or not, honestly. Uh, so it helps our uh, <laughs> our shooting from from 15 feet, maybe. <laughs> Which they so, don't. Um, need, they, they don't have any problems doing already. Yeah. So the question is, with this team for the remaining games, they feel that this is what they want, and sometimes change isn't necessarily a positive. But you feel, and many feel, that they should have done something. I would argue you don't just do something for the sake of doing something. So there's two sides to the coin on this. I mean, if they end up doing well, making the playoffs, winning a series or two by some miracle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, then, yes. <laughs> depending who they play, then uh, the, the choice is, is, is sound. But uh, I mean, they do, I mean, they, they still have a pretty good foundation except for the three point shooting, but they do have people 
on the roster that should be able to shoot threes. And I don't understand why that isn't happening. Maybe they, <laughs> it may, you know, they, they get open looks. So it isn't like they, they're, they're avoiding the threes. It's just that um, they're not making them for some reason or other. And it's very frustrating because you know, you've mentioned it, like the, the talent is there. The, ro- the the roster is there. I think the problem with this Bulls team is there's a lot of really good NBA players on this team. The problem is, is when you're defined by Alex Caruso, where he's the culture of your team, that's a problem because you know you're going to lose him for X amount of games because he's diving on the floor for, on every play. And you, I think, and we've seen reports, Joe Cowley actually tweeted it out, a, he covers the Chicago Bulls, where the Bulls aren't in love with Zach Levine. And here's the thing, right? I believe Zach Levine earned the max contract. But that doesn't necessarily mean I love that he signed it with the Bulls. It doesn't mean that they weren't in a position where they had to sign him. And speaking of signing, speaking of trading, this comes to another thing where it's not as to make a move for sakes, for just the sake of making a move. But what are you doing with Nikola Vucevic now? Because he's going to be a free agent next year. So do you re-sign Vooch? Well, what does that mean for your your foundation moving forward? Like, Vooch is a nice player, but again, when he has Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan on the court with him, they vortex that ball. They, they go away from Vooch. And we've seen when the Bulls this season are most successful is when the offense is running through him because Lonzo isn't there. So I think that, again, where the indecisiveness comes into this play. And they don't have room for to bring in a free agent. They don't have draft capital like you would hope if, like the Chicago Bears do, for example. So I'm wondering where he's getting free agency and draft. You know, I understand that there's a lot of this team wants to develop their guys. Where's Dylan Terry? Where's pa- Where's Patrick Williams? So it there is some frustrating parts to it, and I don't know how much I blame the front office, the coaching staff, or if it's the players. And it's probably a mixture of all of them. But these are the things that we, you and I, have talked about. You and I, you and I, have, uh, you know, have been observing it after the first forty games of last season. Since that point. Since the all-star break of last season, we've seen this decline. And we've been talking about it here on the Sports Cubicle. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Single, Paul Shivari. I'm Mike Mercado. We are talking about a busy Ed A trade deadline, except for ours, yours, my Chicago Bulls. And Marvelous, I want to talk about this as well. I think they do believe in this team. I do think that, you know, AK brought it up in the same interview that how many games that they only lose by one possession, by one point, Yada, yada, yada. We've heard it all before. Okay, I'll give you that, right? And I'll even give you the grace of being the number one team the first half of last season. So you make the playoffs. Okay, let's just go through the standings of the Eastern Conference right now. The Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Cavaliers, the Nets, the Heat, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Bulls in the ninth seed. Now you have the Wizards, the Raptors, and the Pacers all fighting for that 10th seed. So I think, obviously, the Bulls are better than the teams below them. But at what point, where in this in this order, in these standings, does anybody believe that the Bulls are better than these teams? You know, you could have fooled us last year. We're using that as the grading, the grading scale. But they have not earned that this season for us to be like, yeah, you know what? Let them have a series against the Atlanta Hawks. Because Trey Young isn't going to cook them? 
You know, like, you see what I'm saying, Marvelous? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And don't forget the seven through ten isn't the long series. That's it's like very quick mm-hmm. because uh it's a know, it's two out of three. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing. And and you know, I was looking at, at the stats, and it's funny, the guy that has the highest percentage of three point shooting is Patrick Williams. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I I thought that that the, the Sumnu or White or Caruso would be higher in the percentage, but they're not. And and uh the one that takes the most is Levine, actually. Not far behind is Vukovic. So I mean, the 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 guards aren't producing for them. So maybe they did need to add a guard. That would be what I would say uh, that they that they could have used just some three point specialist like a Max Strus, <laughs> who they had. <laughs> In any event, um, uh, you know this is going to be interesting now because there isn't that much distance now between them and and the teams near them, even the some below them, the Wizards. I mean, they're not that far behind, so they can't afford to lose too many games and keep and stay in the seven through ten uh, play-in. And being three games below five hundred and giving up games like they did against Brooklyn, this team gives games away. They play dumb basketball sometimes. I mean, when a few weeks ago with Zach with that bad play at the end of the game, like we've. Look at I I hate being hard on these guys because I give a lot of credit to Zach on bouncing back in his career from those horrible knee injuries. DeMar DeRozan becoming an ace, becoming the star in Toronto, conforming and being a great team player for Popovich in San Antonio when all of a sudden Kawhi wins a title in and in Toronto and stays humble, stays classy, comes to Chicago and redefines, recreates his career. I love the stories of these dudes. I think Vooch is one of the awesome forgotten players in the NBA. But there is no denying that the mixture is not working. There's a lot of bad ball at times. And and, if we're going to be critical, I think it's fair to, well, what's the suggestion? Well, how would you do it better? If you want the Bulls to be just a little bit better, win those one possession games, DeMar needs to take a foot back. Just a step back. And all of a sudden, a lot of these games are decided because he doesn't shoot enough threes. I don't care if he makes all of them. If he makes two three-pointers in the game, it, it changes the whole dynamic. Zach Levine needs to play defense. He doesn't need to be Kawhi Leonard. He needs It cannot be five on four when he's on the court. It can't because too often it is. Sometimes when it, depending on the guys out there, it's five on three. Yeah. You can't be reliant on Alex Caruso to be your culture, to be your heart. That only works when your team is the number one, number two seed, has a bunch of superstars, and he could do his thing, where he can be that agitator. He could be the guy that hits a big shot, who could set up the offense. He, Alex Caruso is the best player you can have on a championship-ready team. But you're not seeing that right now because he has to do too much. You brought in Dragic and Drummond, but you don't have the you're not put in the right position because you're not winning the games you're supposed to, where you can have two old dudes go out there and end the game, get a big rebound, hit a big three. That's where they're brought in for. So I think right. that's where the reason it's not working is because they're not winning. Yeah. And and that's the most frustrating thing is you're like, well, what comes first? The good roster or the winning? Yeah. And I I do think that we you and I weren't doing the show yet. The sports cubicle hasn't hadn't existed yet, but you know, when I was in in school coming up and 
we would be doing podcasts, the big term was basketball hell. I think the Bulls are there now. I think the Bulls are back to basketball hell. What do you think, Marvelous? Uh, I think that this is base, a turning point for sure. Here's the interesting thing, though. I was looking where the MLB, where they had their new wild card format, two out of three with two games or at the higher seed. Yeah, it's actually different in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They have a 7-8 game, and the winner of that game is 7. Yes. <laughs> then the 18 plays the 9-10 winner. So it's it's a little different. It's kind of crazy. I think they changed it from the COVID year. It was a little different in the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it isn't even two out of three. No. So you can get hot, you can get cold, and uh, and you're done in the playing tournament. So, it, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's kind of like a one and done instead of a two out of three. <laughs> now, that, when, now that I look at it. So I think they're going to be in the playing tournament in some fashion. But I, I'm, I'm more thinking about 23-24 now. You know, what, what happens then? I mean, who's going to be in the team then? They, there's free agency, there's salary caps, there's all this good stuff. And, you know, I, I've been a little disappointed in some of the younger players, like Kobe White, to some degree Patrick Williams. I mean, and Terry hasn't even really been involved yet. So the future of the younger players, I mean, these older players in their 30s are not going to be around forever, which is the foundation of their team right now. So they really need to go a little younger unless they're going to completely go free agency. So it's just a matter of the future, too. Just like we talk with the Bears, we're already looking at the next year because this year is going to be kind of maybe a play-in tournament. But, you know, even if they make the play-in tournament, then they after that they play Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, whatever, and that would be tough. So this team isn't good enough to really beat one of those teams in a series right now. So... We, the best we can hope for is make the playoffs and have a nice little run in the play-in and maybe, you know, get lucky and, and and do really well. But this team needs to develop some youth or get some free agents because these 30-plus players that are the foundation aren't going to be around forever. Marvelous. Uh, I remember it might have been October, November, you and I were doing a segment on the Bulls, and I mentioned – they're setting themselves up. They have to be setting themselves up to be ready when a disgruntled star is ready to make a move. And I think they're further from that now than they were before. And that's scary. Because if you're not getting Vector and Benyaba, if you're not getting the number one pick, you're not drafting at number one, it's tough. It's tough to find a Luka at four or at a six or to find a Wade at seven. You know, It, it doesn't happen. It's a rarity. That's why we're able to pick them out. They're no closer to getting a star. And here's the thing. I, again, there's no shade. We like these players. We we could we could acknowledge how great these players are and still be critical of them. Go down the list. When do you hit the names? And shout out to De- uh, DeMar for being an all-star. But go down the list. When do you start hitting the names DeMar, Zach, when you start doing top players in the NBA? Is it 20? 25 like it it's hard and unlike major league baseball unlike nhl unlike the nfl there's only two rounds and nobody really puts stock in the second round and there's oh every team has a lot of money to spend and there's only so many unicorns so i am hoping that i am wrong in and 
six months from now, we could come back to this very segment and be like, hey, it worked out. They did this, they did this, they did that. I know it's not easy to win a title. Look at uh, uh, Jason Tatum, right? Like how a beast. He hasn't won one yet, right? What would we give to have a player like that, right? But it's just, I want to, I want this team to be in the conversation. They were on national TV after doing nothing in the trade deadline and lost that game to Brooklyn. That should not, the standard should be better than that. Not just for the city of Chicago, but for the Chicago Bulls after coming back from Paris and still being one of the foundations in the NBA, they need to be better than that. And that, that to me is the real shame. Marvelous. As we start <laughs> winding down, I mean, we're going to watch all the games. We'll be ready for Cavs and Bulls and ready for the week uh, after Super Bowl. But your final thoughts heading into yeah. these bat, the, these last 28, 27 games and what probably is a play-in tournament game. Right. Well, that's what we're sort of assuming. They'll be 7 through 10, and hopefully they won't be 11. <laughs> and you could, you know, if you're 7 or 8, you, you know, that would be good because then you can win – one game and proceed but if you're nine or ten you have to win two games to proceed so uh there's a big difference there and uh they have the big three that you know that, that they can carry them somebody's gonna get their 30 point night all the time and it's been you know DeRozan has been remarkable I mean last year I think he built beat Will Chamberlain's record for the most consecutive games of having x points and an x rebound so great he's been remarkable yeah no, he's so okay. I think that they, they have this, the talent, you know, for now, and I believe that's what they're saying with this lack of trading, that they want to uh, sail with this boat <laughs> for, through the year, and um, then we'll see what happens in the future. But I, I think that the that the schedule looks pretty decent where they don't have too many bumps in the road, and they, they should be able to stay near 500, which would get them in the playoffs. Let's see if they can get over 500. I'll leave you with this one, Marvelous. We, we've we said it. Uh, I, I'm sticking to my prediction. I still believe Lonzo does not play basketball this season. Uh, where are you now on the Lonzo ball court watch? Is he? I still think he's not playing this season. Do you think he plays this season? I don't either. It's, I mean, I thought he would play last season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think that he will. Like I say, the next three games should be a good indication with the Cavaliers. And then the Magic and the Pacers, those are teams that, that, that you know, that they match up well against. So there would be a good start to the, the final couple dozen games to uh, to see what happens. But Ball, I wouldn't count on him at all. You know, it's, it looked, it's like kind of a mystery that it takes this long. And since it's taken this long, I have no expectations that, that he'll, he'll be playing this year. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, we wish him the best. And we know that that. He's grinding at it, but when the body is just resisting, the body is just resisting. And this was one of the worries of signing him. So we'll hope to see that he and the Bulls are on the other end of this and just try to survive Cleveland. You know, you <laughs> steal that game and just try to feel good vibes. But we'll we'll keep it tuned in here to uh, see what they do. We'll see if they buy out Russell Westbrook. You might know this by the time you're listening to this during Super Bowl Sunday if Russell Westbrook is now a Chicago Bull. But with that, let us know your thoughts on the NBA trade deadline. Kevin Durant is now with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden. What a stacked team. It's going to be fun to see them and the Bucks in the NBA Finals unless Golden State decides to ruin everybody's tournament. <laughs> uh, let us know your thoughts of the crazy trade deadline. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari.
I'm Mike Mercado.